Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. New tap room now open at Sass Drive and Cameron in Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. Uh, Joel Gasson with here as usual, and uh, I would I guess I'm happy to announce that uh, <laughs> one John Fraser is not here this week, so we are we are saved from his takes where he would probably be wrong about many things. Um, I did have a chance to chat with him today on Tuesday before we. Uh, recorded this episode of course and he was he was quite thrilled with the bombers actually getting to uh re-sign willie jefferson he actually didn't find out until i told him today because apparently the wi-fi at his resort in mexico is super spotty so of course uh thoughts and prayers to one john fraser for having such terrible wi-fi right now in his place though we have one daniel q plaster of cbc television you also may remember him from such uh riderville scrums as Corey chamberlain may 25th 2012 Wow, <laughs> I was kind of. That's a lot. You, did you actually find that? No, I was. Just, I just picked a date that probably would have existed, maybe. Just, yeah, just because I was kind of making a bit of a Simpsons reference. I, I thought about maybe going back further global, but I was like, eh, that's way too much to look up and figure out uh, when you worked there and all that. <laughs> Grey Cup Scrum, Don Matthews, November two thousand three. <laughs> I got Don Matthews fined in two thousand three. Oh yeah. I was working in Red Deer, and it was the first of um, Montreal was playing the back-to-back weeks in Calgary and Edmonton, Mm -hmm. and he decided to hide and try to have a couple of practices in Red Deer where I was working for RDTV, and I knew somebody that worked at the the high school that they were practicing at. I wander over. (laughs) I do a story. Global has it. Everybody complains. He gets a fine for not telling anybody where he was practicing. Good for you. That's 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 good. <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> well, it was he did he didn't care. He thought it was great. He's like, "You're doing your job. I don't care. I got fined." It was like so that was that's that's my Don Matthews story. It's short and sweet. Well, it's a good thing Don Matthews wasn't working for the team when you applied. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or 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 I might have got hired on the spot. He's like, "This guy knows his stuff or not. Who knows?" Or we just need to hire this guy so he'll leave us alone. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, of course, uh, a lot to get to. Uh, CFL Free Agency open today. We will get to that in a little bit. Uh, I don't think there was, until Mika Johnson kind of signed late in the day, not a whole lot of crazy substance, but uh, kind of like the NHL trade deadline of late, uh, a lot of volume, it seemed. At least it seems like a lot of volume when you're writing a bunch of uh, generic so-and-so signed with so-and-so stories all day, like uh, I did, or if you're like J.C. Abbott, also a three down, just consistently updating our live post all day long. Um it feels like a lot, so maybe it wasn't. Maybe my brain is this mush at this point. I don't know. <laughs> oh, if you're looking at man, if you're looking at press release, random press release 
after random press release after random press release. It's a lot. Yeah. And going down through Abbott's, he's did, he did a great job today. I'm still scrolling through, scrolling through. No, it was great. You guys did a fantastic job. And that's, I don't think anybody else went anywhere else because, well, we know the trials and tribulations of the CFL website, Free Agent Tracker. It's just so user-friendly. And... <laughs> <laughs> about as user friendly as stick and mud yes <laughs> so I, yes so yeah so if anybody I, i'm pretty sure your your site's numbers are going to be fantastic it's it is well us- laid out it's so, usually yeah. like our busiest day of the year i believe is cfl free agent frenzy day from what i've been told in the past anyways the first year i've really been involved because justin dunk was actually like hey maybe i should ask people for help instead of just me and drew doing everything that's smart. Yeah. You know, like that's you know what? That's a sign of a boss that is slowly evolving as a great leader. Justin Dunk, great leader. And I mean, or just or just shunning his work. Who knows? Well, I mean, the, the theory behind it was strong because it was actually, hey, you peasants do all this busy work while I actually just go break all the news. Which Very in, which smart. In, which increases, of course, traffic on the website because he's doing you know what he's at best at, which is breaking news. Even though mm-hmm. some people like to think it's fake news. Uh, none of this was fake. No. Not a single iota <laughs> of this was fake. Very real for these guys and the fans. Mm-hmm. Also very real. Uh, I did not expect to enjoy the XFL over the weekend as much as I did. Oh, it like was so good. Like you and I, was... we've, we've talked a lot about being proponents of fun football. And that's why we are both such fanatics of the college game, especially in the United States. But this kind of reminded me a little bit of a college style game but at the pro level and with a lot of few different kinks and rules that we're going to get to get into what we liked. But overall, I didn't quite catch as much on the Sunday, but those games seemed a little bit more like duds, which happens. But those two Saturday games were both, they were just so much fun to watch. And I, like I knew it was going to be different. I knew it wasn't going to be the original XFL, even though for some reason, some people were expecting that I did not. I knew it was going to be like more of a football league than like a wrestling meets football mashup kind of thing. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, it was just fun, and I, I, I'm looking forward to watching more this weekend. And I think that seems to be the the consensus across all of social media. I mean, if you go on Twitter, almost everybody said it was fun to watch, and as opposed to the uh, Alliance of American Football last year, which opened up with a bang and tried to do everything in one week, it just seems like it was low key, mm-hmm. but quality everything, which is a great basis to build on. Yeah. And I, I think that's the important part for this league. As we know with, with Vince McMahon and the money he's put into this thing, he's not trying to get a quick turnaround on this. He's trying to build this up slowly to eventually. And we can, you can see it quite easily. What the plan is. It's very straightforward. This isn't about bums and seats. This isn't about selling tickets. This is about getting a TV contract that can make him money because I've seen some people saying they went to games, but they rather, they wish they, had stayed home to watch the game instead because it looked far more entertaining than watching it in person. And it was, I think this is, um, just like wrestling. I mean, I've gone to a lot of wrestling. I I will wholly admit I'm a giant wrestling fan and it's great going to a house show, but when you watch it on television, it, it's so much better. And I think that is kind of the feel of this as well with the, the coaches mic'd up and yes, the please like my league people, 
yes, the CFL has done it for a long time, but it was very well done. Mm-hmm. Once they got the audio fix on that the Sunday game there, yeah, the Sunday afternoon <laughs> game was a bit of an adventure technically. <laughs> but oh, it was, but it was great, and and the the mic in the uh, uh, replay booth outstanding if we don't have to hear the guy breathing into the mic also let's change that <laughs> which 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 to be fair the AAF did last year as well so it's not super revolutionary but it is new and I think this is something all football leagues all sports leagues would be very wise to adopt because even though I think there was still a couple of calls I didn't necessarily agree with the video review call at least there's some accountability and you can kind of hear the process of what they're going through it just seemed like it was cleaner Mm-hmm. when they went to it and it was cleaner the communication between the official on the field the official up in the booth and the production whether it's abc espn or fox it just seemed like it was the, it was they seemed like they dealt with it a lot better than the aaf did mm-hmm. and it also looks like a lot of fun to do because the guy at least in the one game on the sunday afternoon was controlling his uh, video replay with an xbox controller <laughs> I don't know if you that saw was that. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, can I get this app on my Xbox? Can I like watch the replays? Because like, that'd be I'd, I'd totally do that." <laughs> it just, <laughs> well, that might be great. Yeah, because you have pick your angle and pick your cat. That'd be outstanding. That would be a great over the top service that I'm sure a lot of people, especially football fans of different stripes, would easily pay ten bucks a month during a season to access that kind of stuff live during a game. Oh, hundred percent. But probably not available in Canada, of course, because no, of course not, no. land of the CRTC. Love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't. Our they don't apply to us on this thing. But I know when you're a day to day life, they they do a little bit more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as for the game itself, because I know we both we were both gushing about the broadcast and how interesting and fun it was. And yeah, the the live mic thing was there, and the CFL had done that before. But I remember I said this to you at the time. I was like, okay, the live mics are there. It is a feature, but it is not the feature like the CFL likes to make the live mic game on TSN where it just seems like there's this is what the whole game is now suddenly revolving around rather than coming in and out and using bits and pieces of it and making it just sort of an ongoing feature rather than oh look here's more live mic here's more live mic here's more live mic here's more live mic <laughs> but I think they're lucky oh, well I mean let's go with what was it DC and Seattle mm-hmm. and um, Jim Zorn not a I'm not a fan let's mm-hmm. uh Let's let's like even when he was calling the plays, I'm thinking, is he is he alive? Is is there something going on in his head? But then you go to Pep Hamilton. Man, that he was great. On the, oh man, so good. He so was the, good. In my opinion, he was the star of the weekend. And he's a guy, a longtime NFL assistant that has never had a chance to be a head coach in the NFL. Uh, was he at Green Bay for the longest mm-hmm. time? And it just seems like he kind of, it's kind of like okay we're going to go on a completely different sidetrack here like Eric Bieniemy with the Kansas City Chiefs probably should be an NFL head coach hmm. what do both Hamilton? those guys have in common uh-huh. mm-hmm. 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 yes mm-hmm. something that doesn't happen hey this is where you can give kudos to the CFL color's not a factor can you coach a football team or not and that's all they worry about mm-hmm. and that's fantastic and the CFL has always been the leaders in that and it's outstanding and it's great that the XFL is bringing in quality head coaches no matter what they look like. And they have, if we're along that train, every game they have at least one female official on the field as well. Which is also uh, inclusive. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, so everything, and there's, I know there's females on some of the staffs, and uh, yeah, it's, it's very inclusive, and I hope 
that is another great thing that they build on as well. Yeah, and of course, none of this really matters if the product on the field itself isn't fun. And that's that's really what we saw on the weekend. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch and taken with a bit of a grain of salt, granted that these were week one of brand new teams that had never played a real game together before other than some like light scrimmaging in a you know league-wide training camp of a few weeks ago. So when you consider that even further, I was like, wow, the fact these guys never played together and it, they were that good, that really impressed cool. me. And I think that speaks to a lot of the, maybe a lot of the coaching and maybe the way the league in general prepared these guys compared to the AAF, which I guess should be noted because the one thing that really, you know, being prepared that stood out to me was in, I believe, the DC game, there was a couple of kickoffs where like you have to kick it to at least the 20-yard line. And it dropped at like the 19. And in his very first game in this system, the returner realized that and stopped to make sure that they got the flag that moved them up to the plus 45-yard line, which is insane, but I love it. And to, to pick that up right away was really impressive because we've seen a lot of rookie American returners come up here. And it takes them forever to figure out kind of how the hey, the five-yard rule works and where to catch for a rouge and where not to and all those sorts of things. And this guy instantly was like, nope, I'm not catching that football. That was amazing. And, and I know we were talking back and forth while the game was happening. And how shocking is it in this? I mean, and it's so different. It is much like the single in the CFL and the mm-hmm. five yard halo in the CFL. It's so different. And that kickoff, those kickoff rules are it, they're wild, but fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it, again, it's it's really right. weird. The very first kickoff of the game, you're looking at it, it looks really weird. But then as the game progresses, you kind of get used to it and you're like, you know what? This is actually really smart, and this is something that I think other football leagues should also be considering. It felt like Red Rover almost. Mm-hmm. It's it's it was yeah they just line up they just yeah and the lack of, yeah you're right the lack of contact it's not the the high impact contact that you see on on every kickoff you mm-hmm. see that gunner the gunner is always the one that goes down there and just lays the wood down on whatever wedge is going on and you're just going holy. What, what this poor guy and <laughs> and, and it's not it, it, that can't happen no it can't the, the only thing that i'm not 100 percent sure now i've seen a lot of guys especially some of our favorite banner society guys talking about how they might have to work some more like offensive blocking schemes into this to get guys open but so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves because the way i see it right now part of the reason why they came up with this rule was try to try to create you know more explosive returns and i'm just I'm not seeing how that's possible, how they're currently kind of doing it. There's just such a massive humanity in one spot that it's basically impossible for these guys to get through in any significant kind of way. They're all getting good field position between like the 30 and 40 yard line, which is great, but I don't see them breaking one of the house anytime soon the way they're currently scheming it. So do you start adding more offensive linemen to your roster and like have pulling guards and Maybe I, I, I don't know. Like, if, if, and this is what's going to be fun about the coaches in this league. We'll find out who really cares and who doesn't pretty quickly. Because I think that was kind of a bit of a knock on the a knock on the AAF. Was I felt at times their coaches didn't really care. They were just there. They were coaching. They were whatever. It was a job. We've already seen a few guys in this league try some stuff. I was disappointed we didn't see the double forward pass in the very first weekend. But I'm. Oh, sh- I'm sure it's yeah. coming. Someone, there was one play, I believe DC was going to try it at one point, but it didn't materialize the way they wanted it to, so the running back just kept running. But DC other, opened up that offense. They did. They did. They were fun. They were, and so before the weekend, there was a lot of people you know, trying to pick their teams for different reasons, this and that. I'm like, I'm going to wait to watch a few games until I decide who is fun and who isn't before I pick a team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and someone said, uh, I think someone from Piffles, it might have been Saf, was like, 
well, you know, if people waited for that, no one, there'd be no Ryder fans until 2006. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this has nothing to do with winning football games. I'm talking about teams no. that are willing to try to do stuff and have fun. I don't care if they lose all 10 games. If they're fun to watch, they're fun to watch. I just want to see the team that will consistently go for the three-point conversion. At least the two-point conversion. Yes. Oh, so to get people caught up, it's what, from the one-yard line is one and the three it's is like a two, two-point? like two, five, and ten, I believe. Yes, or something like that. Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah, especially early in games. You score that, there's every bunch of teams score touchdowns in the first quarter, and they went for one. It's like, no, it's a two-yard play. Back it up three yards and go for at least two. Mm-hmm. I don't see too many scenarios other than, like, it's late in the game and it's already tied after the touchdown, and the difference between a one- and two-point game is negligible, so you might as well just go for one. But for the most part, eh. And then the play clock as well, mm-hmm. very fast, because there's very. only seven seconds. It doesn't matter if you go out of bounds or whatever the situation is within the play. If it's a penalty, turnover on downs, it's a 25-second clock and only seven seconds between plays. Mm-hmm. Which Perfect. is phenomenal. And I know I know a lot of people up in Canada kind of puff their chest a little bit at that one, like, oh, only 25 seconds? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you actually sit down or run a clock sometimes on the plays on the time in between plays in CFL games before you make a comment on that. Because a lot of yes. times in the CFL, yeah, it's a 20-second play, play clock, but they'll take 10, 15, sometimes 20 seconds in between plays before they whistle it in, and you're basically running an NFL clock at that point. Yeah, no, it's uh, that old the rule of the gate. There's the gatekeeper on each sideline because each team, they can substitute, and it's not like uh, college or the NFL where y- if – the offense doesn't substitute. The defense can't substitute. So you can just – that's when you get that the, the college rules where you get the guys running 100 plays in a game. Mm-hmm. It's just that rule. But the CFL, they have the gatekeepers, and they ask both sides if they want a sub, and the subs happen, and it's very hard. Like even the hurry up in the CFL, you see how impatient quarterbacks get mm-hmm. when that referee is standing over the football and he's screaming at the referee to get out of the way. But you're right. The referee doesn't start. The clock doesn't start till the referee tells the clock to start. Maybe one day that'll change. We can, we can oh, only hope. We can only hope so we can get actual tempo in the CFL. Yes. Now, that's yes. that's the only really like. I know there's a lot of things we've all talked about and kind of tweaks we'd like to see in the CFL. But if we can get actual tempo into the game, I think that would be one real, real positive change, and then I'd probably be happy. Yeah, but I mean, then again, it's knowing coaches and knowing how small the rosters are they will be very conservative it's easy in college with 100 man rosters that you can you have 17 receivers that play the game (laughs) so you can just run them into the ground and that's the the, maybe you don't go tempo all game but at least you have the option to go tempo when you need to yes yes exactly especially with the how the cfl clock does run and stopping on first downs and that sort of thing it'll be plenty of opportunities to run more plays Guys who will be running more plays this year, of course, and lots of tempo today as uh, CFL free agency opened here on uh, Tuesday as we record this podcast. And, you know, Jeremy O'Day met with the media on Monday, kind of a little bit of a precursor, talking about what they may or may not do. Craig Dickinson sat beside him and smiled. And it it basically played out exactly how uh, J.O. said it would. He didn't expect to be very busy today. He just kind of wanted to re-sign his guys. And... For the most part, other than the addition of James Franklin, who kind of became available a little bit last minute, and he had some uh, kind of interesting uh, interviews on uh, the Green Zone and Sports Cage today, talking about kind of his experiences in Toronto, and it didn't sound like he was uh, very good there, so uh, check those out if you get the opportunity. Um, for the most part, yeah, 
he did all his work beforehand and re-signed his guys, and it was it was pretty quiet today. And you know, I know some fans are a little impatient and they're not super thrilled about that, but for me, I'm like, no. Nah. He said he was going to do this. Um, I agree with his plan, but if you happen to not, if you don't happen to agree with his plan, it's fine. But at least he has his plan now, and he's he's implementing his system and how he plans on doing things. And in my opinion, this is the correct approach. I think it is too. And I, I'm going to make a, a very obscure reference. When I walked, as you love to do, as I walked to work, as I'm doing this at the Mighty Mother Corp here on Broad Street in Regina, I listened to Limp Biscuit's Significant Other, a classic from 1999. Is Limp Biscuit making a comeback right now? I hear it all over the place lately. <laughs> yes, I think it's like on that whole Rage Against the Machine thing. I know yeah. that a lot of that, that kind of new metal stuff. So free agencies like new metal. At the time, it's fantastic. But when you look back at it, you wonder, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> and that's a lot like free agency. If you jump in like Toronto did again, like BC did again, and you're like, free agency is great. We're going to get all these new players, and we're going to make a run, and we're going to do this, that. And then you look back in November, and you wonder, what the hell just happened? Whereas teams like Calgary, consistently good. And have they ever made this other than this year? Have they ever made a giant splash? No. So I think it's I, fair to say they didn't make really a giant splash this year no. either. They made a few smaller ones that because of the way their roster has kind of evolved a little bit, they kind of had to make a, probably mm-hmm. against John Huffnagel's wishes, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, and, and we've already talked about this off air, that, that stupid New England Patriots trust the process, and you're probably going to hear that as well. And I love it. Personally, I love boring. It, mm-hmm. it, when it comes to free agency, but when it comes to training camp, I love chaos. Whatever. That's <laughs> once, once once football actually starts, let's let's bring on the chaos. I, absolutely, but in the off season, I love teams that are confident in the players that they have, and they have done all their work, and they don't have to panic and do the work like during free agency. And now, once free agency is over, you have to start finding each and every player under every rock in North America. Mm-hmm. And well, I think. And I kind of brought this up a little bit last week with John. I feel part of the philosophy last year and why they maybe made a few splashes in free agency was the fact that O'Day didn't really have the time per se to do as much work or do any of the work that he would have liked previously going into free agency like he would this year. And so maybe he throughout the year, he kind of started building the process toward this year. And so that's why you pick up a Manny Arsenal. That's why you pick up a Mika Johnson. And now, and well, Mika's already gone. We know that he's gone to BC. We haven't heard much about Manny at this point. It's hard to say what's really going to happen there. I think it's safe to assume he's not coming back to Saskatchewan. So we'll get into um, Solomon Alamimi in a second because that is the one little bit of a surprise today. Um, but for the most part, I think, yeah, I think he picked his guys. He signed a lot of them to two-year deals. And he is trusting his system now. And he wants to put his system to to the test to make sure that he can actually develop this thing properly because... If it doesn't work, then okay, you're back to the square one. You got to figure it out again. But you have to test your system at some point to see if you are scouting and finding the right guys down south. And that's where I always love Jeremy O'Day because he loves digging into that, finding those guys down south. Uh, the small school all star game, which is called the Cactus Bowl, he loves that game. He loves making those contacts mm-hmm. through the NCAA. And he's a small school, he's a Div 3 guy from oh, uh, Ed, weren't, we, Div- weren't we both super excited earlier in the offseason when they signed some kid out of the NIA the NAIA or whatever it is <laughs> yes NAIA Div 1 yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah then I went to, yeah that was not a good you did you set me on a terrible path 
for like the next two hours looking for CIS teams <laughs> that play in the NAIA. And just to let welcome. you know, folks, UBC, they play NAIA golf. That's my gift to you. <laughs> what, what, yes. what would we have done without that knowledge of information? Well, yes, BC does BC things like they always do. And like they did in, obviously, free agency too. They made a lot of splashes, but... And I, I, it's, it's, it's tough because I think for teams like Toronto and BC especially in Toronto where they're kind of starting fresh again. You don't really, well, I guess Murphy was there, but he wasn't really in charge. Um, you're, you're kind of stuck and you got to do something to try to get through the year. So at least in Toronto, that might be the case. We'll kind of see what happens with them going forward in BC. Yeah. It's surprising that they went that hard again this year after going that hard last year. At least you can say in BC this year, they went hard in spots where they actually needed help. Yes, offensive line and defensive line, mm-hmm. and that interior of both of their both sides of the football in BC were haunting, and I guess Riker Matthews and and Mike Johnson were like that's the big two deals for them of the day, and that's uh, two great additions to their football club in that interior. Yeah, the two biggest signings of the day easily. Uh, the biggest signing of the day in Saskatchewan was of course uh, middle linebacker Solomon Elamimian returning on a one year deal. Um, it sounded like a little while ago that he was potentially out the door. There was talk of him talking to some other teams. And now I don't know if the tampering window kind of brought down his price a little bit or realized that maybe he was good in Saskatchewan after talking to some other teams. Who knows what really happened there. But it was a bit of a surprise to learn today that the Riders had re-signed him. As, uh, we both, I think we both thought they were kind of looking maybe as a spot where they could potentially get younger, try to find you know some guys in the States. There's American linebackers all over the place. Though this is also a franchise that has kind of struggled to find middle linebackers over the years. Uh, they found some decent Wills and Sams, but the Mac has kind of always eluded them at times. So maybe they weren't quite ready to take that risk just yet in the middle there. In a in a Grey Cup season, as much as Jeremy O'Day says, uh, that's not going to affect his process. Brian Peters is available. He's not a Mac, though. He's pretty darn big. I know. Now. I know he's, he's got, our favorite got, player of all time, but he's got that NFL size now. Actually, no, he doesn't. He didn't play last year. He's lost a whole bunch of weight. So we'll congratulate Mr. Peters in his retirement. Mm-hmm. But um, I, th- you, with Solomon, I know you and I have had our our hangups about Solomon in the past and mm-hmm. the tackling records and the the cleanup tackles. But man, especially what what the riders want to do this year in hosting the gray cup and they want to be in that game. That's a pretty key move. I think Mm -hmm. just to give them that leadership and maybe doesn't have to play every down. Uh, Maybe doesn't have to take a lot of the load with cam judge being all world and whoever they're going to get to replace Derek Moncrief on the other side. And I guess losing Moncrief means another new face in that role. So probably, for the best to have Solomon back and roaming the middle there for the green and white. Yeah, you, you brought up the important thing. I think had they, for some reason, lost Cameron Judge, you maybe just start fresh and try to figure things out as you go maybe a little bit. Um, but I And maybe you make more of a move towards Amika Johnson, try to get that push up the middle more so than uh, working with your linebackers. But with Cameron Judge back, I think he has that ability to get all over the field so much that you can maybe specialize... Uh, Saul's role a little bit and there's a little bit less of a concern about his age in that sort of sense you don't need to ask him to do too too much you kind of probably keep him a little bit of a role last year he's not really going to go into coverage a whole lot he's more going after the quarterback and playing the run game and that sort of thing that you can still do as you kind of uh, advance in your career shall we say 
Um, but of course, there is always concerns, and in a few key spots, um, you know, you talk you talk about middle linebacker, you talk about the one spot on the defensive end, you talk about their center and their left guard. There's kind of there's there's age and injury issues there, and I think especially on offensive line today with the loss of Philip Blake, it's a, that hurts a little bit. And I think Darius Bladick with the writing was on the wall there, but still, regardless, the depth isn't quite what it was before. And you have a f- guys in key spots there where injuries could become an issue. Yeah, and I think that they had the depth last year, and that helped them through mm-hmm. the Brendan Labatt injury and and the Dan Clark miraculously coming back. It was a, an amazing year for Dan Clark, and he was rightly and well rewarded for his season as well. Easily his but best. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, heck yeah, easily the best for for Danny, and. You're right, because so the, I mean, you'll still have your three Canadians on the interior, but who's going to back them up? I mean, do they like Shram that much, or do they? Li- I think he's still a free agent too. I'm just trying to quickly go through the the, the whole the, the fantastic CFL. <laughs> no, so Shram is signed. Let's see who's still left to sign. There. There's Thad uh, Coleman, who's going to play that left tackle position. I mean, they had Tacoby Kofel will play the other side. So, I mean, their starters are in place, but you're right. That one injury that goes down. So, I guess they have confidence in what they have. Huh. Uh, they'll, tr- they'll trust the draft. Hopefully, another a third great draft for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I mean, well, it, that's, it feels like more of a priority now for the team. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I would. That's, I think that's where Jeremy O'Day will go with. Well, he will build through what he has and what he can get through the Canadian draft. Mm hmm. Uh, the one name that's still sort of out there from a rider perspective that's uh, a little interesting, I think, is Naaman Roosevelt. And I know there's been there's some different opinions on what they should or shouldn't do with him. I, I'm still of the belief that he's worth bringing back, at least maybe even to compete in camp. I know there's a lot of American bodies out there, but I feel he's so important still for moving the chains and, you know, providing that leadership role. And I didn't expect him to sign anywhere today. I understand the arguments why maybe it's time to move on, but at the same time, it's 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 one of those difficult ones that is it might end up being the right decision for the team. It might be one of those year better year early than a year late kind of thing, but it's he's been so good and he's been so important to this offense. And the way he's evolved with kind of the issues that have plagued him the last number of years has been impressive. So you feel like he could still play some kind of role on this team. I would like to see the team just even give him a chance in training camp. It like let him go out on his shield. I mean, that's the the biggest thing for a lot of it's a terrible cliche, but mm-hmm. that's what a lot of football players would like to have and that's go out on their shield is if I can't make this team then cut me. It'll suck, but just don't let me float in the wind. At least give me that shot to prove that I can still do it. And I think that would be awesome to see. Will it happen? I th- I'm just I'm completely 50-50 on that. I don't know. Most guys, you kind of have a feeling if they're going to be back or not, but that one, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say, and you're, we're not really hearing a whole lot about it either. Sometimes, you know, guys like Dunk or Farhan or Dave, you put out these little feelers about certain things that you, they might be hearing about guys, and there's just there hasn't really been, at least at the time of this recording, a whole lot said about what's going on with Naaman Roosevelt. I guess there's maybe he was talking to a few teams, but... Other than that, yeah, it's it's a very quiet situation that is surprising for a guy that has been so serviceable in the league. But maybe he maybe at this at his age and his price point that he's at now, 
maybe he's one of those guys that's kind of getting squeezed out because of how much the bottom, you know, the, the bump on the bottom end and the, the big bump we saw last year on the top end is kind of put the squeeze a little bit on those guys in the middle. Yeah. And I, yeah, that sure has happened too. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it, it is funny just to see how things are starting to lay out and, and who is coming in and, and out of the league and, and what the new Sal cap has, has affected things. The new, um, Canadian ratio, how that's if that's affecting things, has back to back new leagues down south affected things as well. So will we see guys like Solomon Alamimian and, and Charleston Hughes in their mid thirties continue to play and Naaman Roosevelt's Matty Arsenault? Do these guys do they still bring them back because it's kinda that much harder to find that young talent or those NFL rejects to come play up here? Yeah, it's it's hard to say, and there was I mean, there's there's names for receivers on the market, but you would have to assume with Shaq Evans under contract and Jordan Williams Lambert under contract for this year, and the guys they already have, you wouldn't you wouldn't imagine that the Riders were in the mix for Devaris Daniels and Daryl Walker and these guys, because there are names for receivers on the market. Depends on the other money for them right now. When some of those guys are looking for pretty big coin, but overall, it wasn't really that interesting of a free agent class, and. We noted, and I joked with the guys on 3Down on the chat when we were discussing plans, what we're going to do today. I'm like, is there going to be anything to talk about? Because it really felt like three quarters of the guys that were on free agent list before this thing started had essentially already re-upped with their team. Which is great. That is great for CFL fans because it gives them the attachment to those I mean, I just look at it from a fan's point of view. Yes, it's fun to talk football in February and like, hey, we got this big guy from the free agent from Toronto or we got this great player or whatever. But sometimes it's a lot better to just go with the guys you know. And as a fan and you've grown that attachment to those players, that's got to feel good when the team feels it's right to bring that 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 player deserves to come back with that football team and also from a marketing point of view it's great to sell jerseys because you know what if you know ed ganey who's been here for five years is going to be back another year that means well that team trusts in ed ganey and let's go buy a an ed ganey jersey ed ganey surprised me <laughs> that one did uh, that of of all of the re-signings i thought he might go to he's considering how successful he's been it I thought he might give it a shot in free agency, but I guess whatever bonus he got or whatever he was promised, it was the best in Saskatchewan, and sometimes familiarity trumps a little bit of extra coin. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started. I We just wonder if the tampering window has maybe had a different effect than the league and different people were assuming it would because there wasn't really any official offers registered with the league like it's supposed to happen we heard about i guess other than sean McEwen was the only one he ended up getting released by toronto anyway so and i don't even think there was an official offer there it is said that calgary was talking to him and we knew that willie went to hamilton and he went to toronto during the period but other than that there wasn't really a whole lot going on there wasn't a lot that we heard about and there was no official offers as far as we know kind of registered with the league so it, it kind of feels like, to me, a lot of these guys went out there and either A, didn't like what they see, so they re-signed with their team, or B, used that information to squeeze a little bit more out of their team, because I think historically a lot of guys in the CFL generally just 
I guess for some reason, they just generally just don't go into free agency all that often. They don't really explore free agency that deep. There's a lot of guys who re-sign consistently with franchises for a decent period of time. And it kind of feels like maybe maybe that sort of era is coming back a little bit. And maybe the idea of getting out there and seeing what's possible for you is maybe pushing that a little bit. I think it's a little of both. I think you're right on both accounts that, A, you see what's out there. And if it's not great, you just go back to the best offer which was the original team and then b and maybe more importantly it's that whole hey current job this job wants to pay me a little bit more do you want to keep me here at this job it's just like life mm-hmm. you, you, you try to play that play that game and i think it's a it's a little bit of what column a is and maybe a little bit more there of the column b of squeezing not necessarily i shouldn't say squeezing just gives the players maybe a little bit more power in this free agent market. Which which we're always in favor of. The one interesting thing is that it does seem it, like it hasn't actually stopped actual tampering, as Cleon Lang was going around talking about he signed with the Red Blacks before before even <laughs> 11 o'clock. Forget three minutes after, like Odell Willis was announced at Edmonton. Cleon Lang, there's, there's reports, I believe, from Davis Sanchez originally that he's going to sign in Ottawa, and he's tweeting at like 10.30. Hey, I'm going to Ottawa, woo-woo. It's like... All right, so tampering still a thing? Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll see that fine. But I mean, the, red, said, uh, the I, red... I see you, Ed Hervey, and I raise you this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we beat you by half an hour, Ed. But I, I think Ottawa has the out here and saying, well, he's just announcing his attentions. We didn't offer him anything official. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, it's like college signing day. Exactly. I'm going to sign my letter of intent... But I am not completely signing with the team on National Signing Day, which is free agent day in the CFL. Maybe Cavis Reed still has a role in the CFL where you can oh. hand out the, <laughs> the, the envelopes. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Forget the brown bag man. Here's Cavis Reed, envelope man. Envelope, yeah. We're not in Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, that's kind of the day it's been in the CFL and uh, what happened in free agency. I'm sure after we record this podcast, there will be a, a slew of signings tomorrow and the day after, kind of making uh, most of this talk irrelevant. Uh, but before we go, because here on the the Three Down Greencast, uh, John and I have decided this year that we're going to embrace the dumb and have some fun on this podcast uh, far more often than we have in the past and generally not take everything so seriously. Um, for once in my life, my co-host has actually prepared something. and. Yes. You apparently, a la Shutdown Fullcast, our favorite Fullcast, the internet's only college football podcast, mm-hmm. has, you've developed a quiz for me. Unfortunately, yes. not about Beefo Brady's, but. No, Beefo Brady's, there is one in Montana. You, uh, you, It's in Great Falls. Go check it out. It's, uh, I'd like to, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It. <laughs> it sounds good in theory, but I don't think I would ever actually do it. <laughs> no, it, and I don't know when I'm ever going to be in Great Falls. Amy, we can ask. Uh, ask uh, Craig Dickinson, hey, have you been to Beefo Brady's at Great Falls? Yeah, just show up to one practice one day, <laughs> ask that one question in the scrum, and just see like everyone else look at you. Like <laughs> Jamie and I looking at an intern in the 2014 training camp after asking, uh, so what's camp been like so far? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I know that. Le- <laughs> yeah. or when- I've seen him and Lee Jones have the best 
<laughs> when Lee Jones was in the scrums and somebody asked something dumb, you just see that dead stare. I'm like, and I'm laughing like, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have a quiz. And mm. since it was the Oscars this past Sunday oh God. and we love football, this is the Oscar football quiz. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> okay. Five football movies have won Oscars. Oh, God. Surprisingly enough. Now, we know sports movies are usually either boxing or baseball or sea biscuit or poker or something like that. But football movies are, are, are few and far between. So we're not going to talk about Rudy because it's that team with those golden helmets that we never want to speak about. Or Any Given Sunday, which was a fantastic movie. These are not necessarily quality movies, but ones that probably have that Oscar pedigree. Let us begin with an easy one. 2015 Concussion. Will Smith was the star, of course. It was about the uh, NFL concussion controversy. Was Did it win an Oscar? And it doesn't have to be for the big four. It could be for best sound or best editing. Oh, or so we're including player. like dumb technical awards that no one's heard of? 100%. <laughs> so did... 2015's concussion win an Oscar? Uh, no. That is correct. One point for Joel. I'm already ahead and considering I know nothing about movies, so you're asking like the worst guy ever. <laughs> this is what's great. <laughs> no, I unfortunately, I, this is why I, it speaks to me because I love movies and I love football and I think I own most of these movies, which is not good. Uh, 1983, All the Right Moves. Starring Tom Cruise. I wasn't even alive yet. Cra- and there's, oh, there's even movies before I was alive. Uh, and uh, Craig T. Nelson, of course, from Coach Fame, the TV show Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cruise plays a hot-headed corner named Stefan Georgievich from small town Allentown, Pennsylvania. Tom Cruise can uh, never be did, a cornerback. Give me a break. <laughs> he, was a, he was a spunky quarterback back in the bad teeth. Tom Cruise era. Oh, you said quarterback. I thought you so said cornerback. I was like, what? Tom doesn't corner. Have the... No, he was a he was corner. Like... He was a defensive back. Okay, yeah. He doesn't have he doesn't have the size of the speed to be a DB. Come on. Oh. No, a hard nosed defensive back. Hmm. Uh, did 1983's All the Right Moves, starring Tom Cruise, did it win an Oscar? Sure. It did not. Yeah. Yeah. It did not. I believe it so... did. Google it. Okay. let's go with another tom cruise movie 1996's jerry Maguire, also Mm. starring uh recent oscar award winner renee zellweger and uh cuba gooding jr as well yes did jerry Maguire win an oscar in 1996 yes correct all right i figured it was probably some Uh, weird one that they won right uh, no, Cuba Gooding, Jr., Jr., Cuba Gooding Jr. won for Best Supporting Actor. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Yes. They, they did show him the money. Um, 19, that's such a dad joke. God. And they gave the award to a man of color. Yes. Wow. Unlike her. Well, <laughs> actually, this was a good Oscars. I mean, they unlike the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. 1974's version of The Longest Yard. Not the Adam Sandler version, oh, but the original. Which that Bert... one should have won Best Picture, like, easily. <laughs> <laughs> also starring Burt Reynolds as Paul Wrecking Crew. And uh, Burt Reynolds, former Florida State football player. He played at Florida State as a college football player. We know the story of The Longest Yard. Did it win an Oscar in 1974? 
No. It did in oh. best film editing. The only oh. nominee. Yes. <laughs> okay. Actually, no. I think it was up for more than just the one. Uh, let's see awards. It was uh, up for nope. It was only nominated for yeah. It won for best film editing. So oh, there good we for go. Them. Good for them. Yes. Um, the Blind Side uh, of the Xavier story. Xavier Fulton's favorite movie. And it should be uh, the story <laughs> of former Mississippi rebel lineman Michael Orr. Uh, is he still in the NFL? I don't think he is. That's a long, long time ago. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, the movie came out in 2009. Of course, star Sandra Bullock uh, has cameos by Nick Saban. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it has. Uh, Based on his acting in the insurance commercials, it must have just been a great cameo. Oh, it was stiff. I think Bob Stoops was in there. <laughs> Um, yes. So did 2009's The Blind Side, did it win an Oscar? I feel like in that scrum where Xavier Fulton told us that it was his favorite movie, not because it was about a left tackle, but that because Sandra Bullock was in it. I think he might have mentioned that it did. And you are correct. Boom, I remember something. <laughs> you have got three correct and two wrong. So you are en route to 500 football. It's all I ever aim for. Jeff Fisher forever, baby. Heck yeah. Seven and nine. (laughs) 1971. I wasn't even alive yet. The original version of Brian's song uh, starring James Caan and Billy D. Williams. It's the story of Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers, of course, blew on his knee and Brian Piccolo helped him out uh, getting him back to the uh, roster on the Chicago Bears. They're both running backs. And then, of course, Brian Piccolo unfortunately died of cancer. Uh early in his life that got dark did 1971's brian song did it win an oscar hmm. this is a trick question oh that, that helps me out yes it did not it was a tv movie okay yeah okay um 2011 a documentary called undefeated it's uh, about a school called Manassas High School. It opened in 1899. It never won a playoff game. And it was all leading up to having a chance to win a playoff game in 2009. Did it win an Oscar? Hmm. Yes. It did for Best Documentary in 2012. You have four. You have four and three. So we have one. Uh, one, two, three laughs. Of course. Oh Night, 19, <laughs> 1979, North Dallas 40, starring Nick Nolte and Mac Davis. Uh, lots of booze, lots of drugs. It's uh, based on the Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. It's uh, also based on a book as well by former Dallas Cowboy receiver Peter Getz. Did 1979's North Dallas 40, did it win an Oscar? No. Correct. And we'll completely go through this. Everybody's All-American. 1988, starring Dennis Quaid and Jessica Lange. Quaid played an LSU running back named Gavin Gray. And it's his uh, trials and tribulations of going from uh, college big man on campus to washed up, strung out ex-pro. And it's based on the Billy Cannon story, uh, the former Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU. Did it win an Oscar? No. Correct. And finally... Heaven Can Wait, Warren Beatty, plays an L.A. Rams quarterback. He crashes his bike, 
and then he's mistakenly taken to heaven. And they try to correct all of the mistakes that his guardian angel made by taking him to heaven too fast. Did heaven can wait? Did it win an Oscar? Yes. It did. Wow, wow you did. Wow. <clears throat> it won for it was all up complete for... guesses except except the blind side. I had a, maybe a bit of an idea on that one, but otherwise all complete guesses. So heaven can wait won an Oscar. Only one Oscar for Best Art Direction. It was up for 10 Academy Awards. Wow. For a football movie. Most awards ever for a football movie. And uh, highly rated. So there you go. I brought content. Enjoy. That last (laughs) question, I was going to jump in and be like, are you sure this is not the Ben Roethlisberger story? Oh, definitely not the Ben Roethlisberger. The dark dark version of the the alternate timeline. bike. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Different coasts, yeah. Warren B. At the Warren Beatty's, he was a nice-looking man back in the day. Yes, I remember one time when I was in Pittsburgh and we were in a cab, and the cab driver was like, "Oh yeah, this is the as we're going through this intersection, almost get hit by something." The guy's like, "Oh yeah, this is where Ben Roethlisberger got hit on the on the motorcycle." I'm like, "Cool," and then we almost got hit. So that was <laughs> obviously there's something up with that intersection. <laughs> and then you went back and got a selfie at it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.